by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I like to camp. I've camped my whole life. Never really had a camper. We always tent camp. And so as I've gotten older, I've camped a lot less. (laughs) It's a lot of work to tent camp, especially the way I used to do it. This one thing would drive my wife crazy. You know, you got to bring all that stuff and set all that stuff up, and then you finally get to go to bed, you know, and you're sleeping on this hard thing put across the roots of a tree somewhere. (laughs) You're laying in this bed sack thing, and uh, but I can't go to sleep while I'm camping. I've got one eye open and two ears listening. For raccoons. I'll, I'll be in the middle of the night at about 11 o'clock or something, and I'll just, Angie will just be dozing off, and I'll hear some rustle, rustle, rustle out there. Well, I get up, and I'll put my shoes on, put my shirt on, and get that zzzz, you know, and come, come busting out on them raccoons. I got to get them, and I'll chase them off, and I'll probably do that two or three times a night. Won't get a lick of sleep while I'm camping. And we, I did that my whole life. You say, why did you do that? Why do you do that? Well, my dad did that. And I don't know why he did that, but I thought that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to run off raccoons. <laughs> Finally, here recently, in the last couple of years, Angie started looking at me and says, why do we chase off the raccoons? <laughs> I mean, we have secured our coolers. We put up the food. There's nothing out there for them to do. And I got to thinking, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But I wore myself out chasing raccoons. And today we're going to talk about chasing raccoons in our life. Things that wear us completely out that really we don't even have to do if we think about it. Why do we do all the silly stuff that we do that wears us out? Moms, are you tired? (laughs) well praise God are you worn out are you maybe feeling like you just came through a pandemic like the world's gone crazy you know the other night I was about 9.30 Angie finally sat down watched a little TV with me before we went to bed she said I'm tired and I think why is she always so tired Then I thought back, you know, she went to the store and bought some groceries, came home and cooked those groceries. She set the table, put the groceries on the table. I sauntered in and sat down and ate the groceries. Now, I may have put my plate up and my cup, but Angie spent the next hour or so doing the dishes and cleaning the kitchen before she can finally come in there and start watching some TV. Moms. I feel you. I feel you. I got good news. God wants to lead you beside still waters. 
He wants to lead you in a beautiful pasture where there's peace. He doesn't want your life spent broke down and broke out and worried. He wants you to have a life beside the still waters, and that's his desire for you. But before I go any further, I want to keep balance in this message. Because some of you are hearing, oh, I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> it's like last week, uh, Pastor Vickers talked on grace, and, and I thought, man, if I tell them that they, you know, work is a good thing this week, they're going to say, well, I thought grace said I don't have to feel bad about nothing. You know? <laughs> well, you don't have to feel bad about it, but you're just not going to be fulfilled being a slacker. Work is not a four-letter word. <laughs> okay, maybe it is, but not in that regard. Work is fulfilling. Work is actually a blessing from God. Slacker's life is not fulfilling because the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat, and I'm kind of fond of eating. What about you? I like to eat. Proverbs 13, 4 says, a sluggard's appetite. Now, what's a sluggard? Somebody won't work. A lazy person. Somebody don't get to do their business. A sluggard's appetite is never filled. But the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. They're full gospel. The diligent, somebody who who does what they're supposed to do in this life. Proverbs 12, 24 says, diligent hands will rule. Look at your neighbor and say, you rule. <laughs> but laziness ends in forced labor. That tells me that the labor is going to get done one way or another. It's just whether you're going to do it on your own or you're going to be forced by the, the devil to do it. Forced labor. Under the devil's as a taskmaster. We're either diligent and dutiful, or we're going to be forced to do it begrudgingly. And you can see a lot of people begrudgingly going to their jobs these days, can't you? You been to any fast foods? Man, you know, you come to the counter and there's like. It's like, no, hello, how are you doing? What can I do for you? It's like. <laughs> am I telling the truth or am I just preaching? What was God's original idea? What was it like in the garden? I can tell you. There was work going on. God gave man the assignment to tend and to keep the garden. Thank God, thank God that God's not a slave driver. Like some of our bosses got us working night and day, 15 hours a day, 60 hours a week, trying to wear us out, don't care about our mental or physical well-being, just what can I get out of you? God's not like that. He's not a slave driver. How do you know? How, how do you know he didn't make them work 15 hours a day? Because it says in my Bible that Adam walked with Eve by the cool of the, with uh, God by the cool of the evening. I know I'll get that out eventually. Uh, <clears throat> He was off in time to walk with God. He didn't work all day long. But you know the story. Adam listened to a disgruntled ex-employee 
He got fired <laughs> and got kicked out of the court. And the work became uh, a little tougher after that, didn't it? We had to begin to work by the sweat of our brow under the curse. But nevertheless, work is still God's idea. And it satisfies him to see us to work. And it satisfies us to work. We look at Jesus' life. He's always the example in everything. Jesus wasn't a slacker. Jesus wasn't a sluggard. Jesus didn't just sit back and throw miracles out. You know, with the campfire needed tending, he didn't just say, call down fire from heaven. You know, he would do his work. I think about the time, the story where he fell asleep in the boat. How tired do you have to be to be asleep and they have to shake you to get you awake in the middle of a storm? Everybody else is bailing water and thinking they're going to die. There's water in the bottom of the boat and they have to shake Jesus to get him up. Say, don't you even care? Are you even awake? Are you even alive down there? I bet he was snoring and cutting a log. And when he got up and he said, peace be still, he probably wasn't talking to the wind and the waves. He's probably, gosh, peace be still. I'm just waking up here. How bone-tired must he have been to be asleep in that boat? But you know what he was doing? He was going to the other side. You know what he was doing? He was going after the souls of two demoniacs living in a tomb that nobody else cared about. But that's just the way Jesus was. He walked all the way to Samaria to speak to one woman at a well. Jesus was a hard worker. And when the disciples came and they said, have you had anything to eat yet, Jesus? He says, I have meat that you know not of. You see, there was something else that fulfilled Jesus. It was to do the work that the Father gave him to do. Look at your neighbor and say, work satisfied. So I'm not here today to tell you not to work. I'm just going to give you some ideas about how not to work your fingers to the bone. How, how to keep things in balance. And that's what God loves, balance. But we must have a sense of urgency. Jesus said in John 9, 4, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. He didn't say quickly carry out all the tasks that the devil has for you. He didn't say quickly carry out all the work that you threw on yourself or your kids, won't, when they won't do the chores, you're just going to do them anyway. He didn't say all of that. He said do what the one who sent you said to do. The night is coming when no one can work. You see, we're living in a dispensation of time where eternity is being decided for our loved ones and for this world as a whole. People are on a conveyor belt about to be thrust out over a pit called hell. And this is the time. And we have the words of eternal life. Yes, there ought to be a sense of urgency to carry out the work the Father gave us to do. But some of us are so busy carrying out the work the devil's piled on us that we can't even get to that. 
Some of us are sitting here today knowing that God has put dreams and visions and gave us a plan, but we were letting a, a boss somewhere who will fill your position tomorrow if you quit and not give you another second of his thought. You're letting them rule your life. But Jesus says we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. So you got to ask yourself, who sent you? Who sent you? There's a day of rest coming. A day of no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, all that. But this ain't it. This ain't it yet. That day ought to give you comfort that it's coming, but this ain't it. Sometimes Jesus healed people from dusk till dawn. But say sometimes. Sometimes. You see, there's seasons in your life. And when Jesus' ministry start, started, he knew he only had three years. That was a season. Some of us in here are going to school and working a full-time job at the same time right now, right? But that won't always be, shouldn't always be. We should not fill up every hour for the rest of our life. There's seasons when we got to work hard. Sometimes Jesus would heal from early morning to late at night. But sometimes he didn't. Sometimes they walked. Sometimes they rested. There's seasons to work hard. But even Jesus knew a human body has limitations, you see. He knew the difference between a season and a slow death march. And I'm sad to say that some people in here are so worn out and raggedy that they're on a slow death march. And they've lost all care and feeling about it anyway. This is just how life is. And I'm here to tell you today that if you will put Jesus back first priority in your life, he will straighten this out for you. He will straighten out your schedule. Jesus said in Mark 6, 31, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Some of you need a vacation. I get a big amen on that one. Well, if you, if you got a big amen on that one, then you need to schedule a vacation. You say, I don't have the money to go on vacation. Go down to cold water and, and eat at the cold water diner or something. And, I don't know. Do something. You can make, I mean, take a staycation. Ain't that what they call it? Stay, stay where you're at, but don't work. Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. See, we're missing quiet places in our life, especially in this generation. That might mean leave the phone at home. Go to a quiet place and rest a while. What happened to good old walking with the Lord, you know? Spending some time in prayer. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat. That's not balance. So Jesus says, I, I, I perceive that we're getting hungry. Let's eat. I perceive that we're getting tired by the physical 
signals that my body has given me, let's rest. When did we let somebody else take control of our lives? Jesus stayed in his lane. Jesus didn't come to change the whole world. You say, yes, he did. But it's because he didn't come to change the whole world. He said, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. He, see, God had an ultimate plan. Some of us, we can't say no to anything. Because we feel like if we don't do it, it won't get done. But Jesus said no. The Father sent me to Israel as an example. And through Israel, the whole world will be changed. Some of us take on too much responsibility and we don't stay in our lane and we burn ourselves completely out. And another thing Jesus did, he was always building a team. And as people, we work so much better together. It's not easy building a team. It's hard work at first, but the joys of it after you have laid the foundations of a team are well worth it. And of course, Jesus honored the Sabbath. Well, you say, well, some of the Pharisees didn't think so. But Jesus understood the Sabbath. It, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Father rested on the seventh day. If God rested, we need a rest. Not, you know, we're not under the Old Testament law or whatever. You don't have to rest on a Saturday like they did or a Sunday like some people tell you. Have. You just need to find a day that you can rest. And you need to find some time with Jesus because he is our Sabbath rest. Jesus' life was not cluttered with insignificant pursuits. He wasn't just doing everything all the time. But his life, every moment, beautifully spent, fantastically fruitful, and intently intentional. Say that three times real fast. Intently intentional. Is your life intentional? Are you like being tossed about by every wind and wave that comes along? Oh, boss says I got to do this. Oh, pastor says I got to do this. Oh, my wife says I got to do this. My husband says I got to do this. Where's what God said in there? You got to know what you're called to do. You got to pray this thing out and you got to be intentional about what you do with your time. Because if you're not, it will be stolen from you. If you're not, then your time won't be beautifully spent and you will not be fantastically fruitful. You'll just be busy. Acronym for being under Satan's yoke. Jesus was never under Satan's yoke, that's for sure. I got a, somebody I won't mention their name, but I, I used to ask him to do stuff all the time, you know. Let's go fishing. Let's go do this, you know. Let's, let's go out to eat. Let's, let's pray. Let's go witness. Let's go do something. Every time you ask him, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I ain't got time. That's the only thing ever come out of their mouth. You know, I, I don't have time for that. I'm like, dude. You got the same 24 hours in your day than I do. 
We all have the same 24 hours. You say, but pastor, you don't know my situation. I don't, but I'm trying to help your situation. God is trying to help your situation. He doesn't want you burned out. He wants balance in your life. If not careful, we will become a beast of burden. Workaholics, exploited, exhausted, threadbare, professional burnouts, strangers in our own home, strangers to our spouse and our children. Is daddy going back to work again? Living a shadow life, sucked dry by the curse of the irrelevant. Only time we look up is to sharpen the plow so we can plow another 40 acres. You know what we're doing? We're chasing coons. We're chasing raccoons. I took a picture of some of y'all getting up in the morning. I took a picture of some of y'all on the way to work. And boy, when you get there, they fill up all them boxes, don't they? Ephesians 5.15 says, so be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's what we're missing. It's been about what I want, what somebody else wants, what my kids want. What does the Lord want you to do? God must be the wheel inside your wheel. He must be the hub of your life that keeps your wheel balanced, keeps you rolling towards an intentional life. We often make our list of priorities, and that's not a bad thing. It's good to think about what's important to you. A, a Christian would often say, God is up here. My spouse is here. My children are here. My church is here. My work is here. I don't know how you have your list of priorities. Maybe it's different. It's not bad to have priorities. But how many of you know that life comes at you fast? And so you're trying to make your wife a priority. And meanwhile, the kids have got some dreaded disease. And you're saying, but wait, i got to stay with my list of priorities. But God's saying, look. Your list of priorities have to go out the window sometimes. You just need to listen to me. 
you have one priority, and that is to keep Jesus in your focus. And he will show you when to spend extra time on this priority and on that. Life comes at you fast. It doesn't come at you in order. And that's so, so important that we keep Jesus in the middle of our wheel. He will show us the good things to say no to so that you can choose and have time for the God things. Who wants good over God? I want God's best. I want to know what is the perfect will of God, not just the acceptable. And to do that, you have to keep a focus on the Lord and understand what the Lord wants you to do. We're so cluttered, like Joe said, with things that God never ordained. Really what I'm trying to tell you today is if we're going to survive in this time in which we're living, we're going to have to have regular garage sales. How many of your garages are packed full of junk right now that you'll never use again, but you just won't throw away? Well, it, it's, it's expensive, but you know you'll never use it again. Well, then have a garage sale or do like Joe. Go give it to somebody who could actually use it. Do you think you're going to give your way into poverty? No, you're going to give your way into blessing. I thought Joe was going to preach my message today. <laughs> you know, it's very rare that we grow weary in well-doing. The Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing, yes. But that's very rare. If you've grown weary in well-doing, I applaud you. Because the average person, it ain't the well-doing that's caused them to be weary. It's everything else. But even that, God says, don't overdo your well-doing. Walking with Jesus should not be a chore, but a delight. Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of life. Let's go to Luke and Bach, Texas. Willie and Waylon and... No, some of y'all never heard that song. <laughs> We've been so busy keeping up with the Jones, a four-car garage, and we're still building on. Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of life. I, I think I've dated myself here. <laughs> I think three people in here got that. I'm going to uh, about to close after that. Okay. <laughs> and it's okay to laugh. A merry heart uh, um, does good like a medicine, yes. If we need some medicine today, I mean, we're getting medicine from the doctors. I mean, you can't go to a doctor. I've seen people with closets full of medicine to just to get through the day. Maybe our mental and emotional gymnastics of our day-to-day -day lifestyle is just adding to our baggage. Maybe we, yeah, we do a lot of work, but maybe we do a lot of mental work, a lot of emotional gymnastics. Maybe we're bringing tomorrow's worry into today every day. And the Bible says don't do that. Sufficient for the day is the, 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 the worries thereof. There's enough to worry about today. Some of us get up and say, oh, and me included, 
This week I have to preach over here. I have to go teach over here. I have to do this, and I have to get ready for this and this. And then it, and, and today really is nothing on my schedule, but just because I got to do all the rest of these things this week, I'm like, somebody called, I ain't got time. I'm wore out. I'm tired. And our, our mouth becomes our worst enemy. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I can't take no more. And our body begins to believe it. Stop doing that. And then this swiping through virtual world so that we don't have to deal with the real world. That's emotionally taxing. Remember it said, find a quiet place. You know why the bicycle can't stand up without a kickstand? It's too tired. Oh, this isn't Dad's joke day. I'm sorry. This is Mom's day. <laughs> Too tired. Declutter your schedule and declutter your brain space. I'm trying to tell you how to live a life worth living. You think all this hard work and this extra stuff you're putting in is, is making you successful? It's not. It's keeping you from being successful. Jesus said, I only do what I hear the Father say do. Matthew eleven twenty eight. We'll close with this scripture. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. How many would say my burden is so light? You know what a yoke is? It's what they put two oxen in, so they pull together, right? And Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, I'm going to be in one side of this yoke, and if you get in the yoke with me and we walk together, who you think is going to be pulling most of the weight? He's saying it'll be easy walking with me. You may have to say no to some things you ain't used to saying no to. But the burden I give you is light. There was a guy named Simon of Cyrene yoked up with Jesus one time. It was when Jesus was carrying his cross up Calvary. And he had been beaten with the cat of nine tails and his beard plucked out and crown of thorn on his head. He had been beaten unrecognizable as a man. And he's carrying this heavy cross down this dusty trail up this high mountain outside the city gates. 
And he's, his legs just physically wouldn't go probably. His back wouldn't support the weight and he would fall. And the Roman soldiers looked around and says, get somebody else to help him carry it. Now you, get over here. And this guy's just come in town. He's the father of two kids he's got with him. He's like, no, no, I ain't in this. You know, he's probably saying, no, he's trying to make excuse. Get over here and help him carry this cross. And he gets one side of it, and Jesus staggers to his feet and gets the other side of it, holding on to that old rugged cross. And Simon, yoked up with Jesus, he walked in step with Jesus to carry that cross up that hill. Now, he couldn't get on the cross for Jesus, but he helped Jesus carry out his mission to save the world. Are you yoked up with Jesus? Are you on a mission to save the world? Are you on a mission of irrelevance? I, don't, I can't even say that word. Is your life going to count when it's all said and done? Are you yoked up with things that don't matter? Grab hold of the cross. Put your arm around Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm with you in this. I want my life to count. Remember our why. Because we love him. Jesus is our why. And our deepest, most fulfilling purpose in this world is to help him carry the cross to a hurting and dying generation. And I don't know why it is that when we wear ourselves out with everything else in the world, and then you're asked to do something at the church, it's the church stuff that's got to be the first to go. Oh, it's that one hour on Sundays that's thrown my whole life out of balance. I can't go to church anymore. You're asked to serve at the connect desk or something. It's like, oh, I can't do that. I've got to swipe for eight more hours today. God wants to use you. That will bring tremendous satisfaction to your life. That is completely fulfilling. It is what you were designed and created to do is to serve the Lord. You say, are you saying I shouldn't work at my job because we just sell food or something? No. God needs you there selling that food and telling your co-workers about him. I don't know what God's specific plan for your life is, but I know it's to take your part in carrying that cross into your community, into your life space, and make a difference where you are so that your life will be satisfying. Amen? Jesus spent his life emptying tombs. Are you spending your life chasing raccoons? How many's got some raccoons they need to run off? 
<laughs> How many's got a garage full of stuff on your schedule that you need to reevaluate? How many of you need to be honest with your boss and say, can we have a sit down? I don't know why we're so scared of these people. They're just people that put on their pants like us. You have to take control of your life or they will steal it from you. Go in their office and say, hey, I don't like this night uh, shift. It's killing me. It's discombobulating me. If it's not right for you, take ownership. Find another job. You got the same 24 hours everybody else does. Jesus only had 24 hours a day while he was here and he changed the world. And if you will follow him and you will be intentional about your decisions, you won't be raggedy and worn out and you won't be fitting in with the world and they can't tell a difference from you and anybody else. You'll be standing out they'll be saying, what is it about your life? I, I can't get myself together like you. And you'll say, it's Jesus. And you'll lead them to the Savior. Bow your head and close your eyes. This is a message from the Lord to all of us. I have way too many time wasters in my life. But Jesus would, would literally say to you today, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He literally says that to you. Not your neighbor, but you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me because I'm gentle. I'm not here to wear you out. The burden I give you will be light, but it'll be fulfilling. And it'll do more than you could have ever done working your fingers to the bone. If you're tired and you're wore out, I want you to lift your hands as a sign of surrender to Jesus right now. And if we were honest, I think most of us probably should. I'm tired. I feel a little burned out. I'll be honest. I'm the first to have to lift these messages out. I've been thinking about it all week. What can I do, God? Because I don't want to be burned out. I don't want to lose sight of what's important fulfilling in my life lift your hands as a sign of surrender the spirit of God is here to give you wisdom to rejuvenate your heart and your mind and your emotions and if you will surrender right now afresh say God I've made it about things that it ought not be why don't you say it out loud? God, I've made my life full of things that ought not be. Help me to be intentional and follow you fully. To be joyful and peaceful. To set my life apart. To do your will. If you're here today and you're, you don't even know Jesus, 
Well, the good news is he knows you, boy. Boy, he knows you. He knows all that stupid stuff you've done your whole life. And you know as well as I all the times that you should have died and something miraculous saved you. He saved you for today. He saved you for such a time as this. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to give your heart to Jesus and stop running. All those pursuits that you've had in your life to Maybe you had good intentions, but you weren't following the plan of the Lord. Or maybe you had bad intentions, and you, you just wanted to do what you wanted to do. All that sin can be washed away right now, and you can be given a fresh, mighty new start. You just have to come unto Him. And you do that by surrendering your heart to Him right now. He will come into your heart. He will lead and guide you by His Holy Spirit living in you. That's the power you need. He will forgive your past. He will forgive the the mistakes you've made. And you'll start off fresh here today. Boy, we all need that. Because there's probably a lot of people in here today that's got caught up in the things of this world. Every time you turn around, the world's pulling you towards some kind of darkness. And maybe you've, you've given in to some of it, even as Christians. Well, today is a day of turnaround. Today is a day to to turn from those things and turn back to God. You're here today and you don't know God, but you want to and you want a fresh start. Or you're here today because you know God and you know you hadn't been living for Him and you want a fresh start too. Either way, if you're here today and you want a fresh start, I want you to lift your hands in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray with me like this. Say, God, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. I will follow you. I believe in you. I believe in your work on the cross. That you were raised from the dead. And you want to raise me from this death I've been living. And give me true life eternal life and I receive it now in Jesus name somebody give the Lord a hand clap alright thanks for listening to the podcast today we hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's word For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.